0: Thank you for listening to the Fire Life Church podcast. For more information on Fire Life Church in Irving, Texas, please visit wearefirelife.org. We pray the Lord blesses you greatly through this message. You guys good? Just wanna welcome you all here today. Guests, welcome, welcome. We hope you feel the presence of the Lord. You're in your father's house. Um, I hope that you sense his presence And um, he's a good dad. Let me say he's a good dad. Like, he's, he's not like us. He's perfect. He's holy. He's just. He has a way of making everything work out for our good. Even if it's not good, he makes it work out for our good. And I don't know about you, but he's worth giving my life to. I haven't found anything else in my life as worthy as him to give everything I have to. I love my wife. I love my kids. I would give anything for them. But they don't even compare to the feeling that I have for God. Come on. I mean, it's just true. It's true. Like, I would lay my life down for my kids, for my wife any day. I wouldn't even think twice about it, truthfully. Like, they're, I would rather them do well than me do well. Amen? Amen? And I'm a bad father compared to God. <laughs> Come on, let's just think of that. I'm a bad husband compared to God. He, he said he would be our husband. He would be our father. And he says, if we're evil and know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our heavenly father give good things to them that what? Exists? No. Them that ask him. Everyone say, ask him. Ask him. Like he has, I, I really hope that you walk out of here today with a solution to a problem. I really hope that you walk out of here today with an encounter with a God who has exactly what you need right now. Like you may be even doing really well right now, but there's just a thing that's just a little bit off. The Lord wants to unlock you today. Amen. Like We're seeing miracles happen. We're seeing breakthrough. We're seeing transformations. Last week, we had two people healed in the service. Come on, amen. One of them's here. Thank you, God, for healing, physical healing, amen. We we also had a word of knowledge that brain trauma was going to be healed, and we did not know that one of the people we were praying for experienced extreme brain trauma, and we just got to pray over them and see the Lord just continue to touch them, and God's faithful. And so I'm feeling challenged um, to just pray for people everywhere I go. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I, like, I'm the introverted person when I go into a room. Like, it's weird that I have the job I have because if I walk into a room, I just want to stand in the corner and just stay out of the way. I don't want to jump in and bother anyone. Like, I just want to be out of the way. And the Lord's like, no, you need to press in and, and just begin to pray for people to be healed, to, be, to, to, to lay hands on people in public, just doing those things. And so Lord's shifting that mindset in me that has nothing to do with us. No, it's, all about him. it's just saying yes to him. And so um do you mind throwing that slide up for the, the sermon, Kyle? And and if you I'm gonna go to a few different places in the Bible. They're listed there, Malachi 4, Numbers, Matthew 9, and Matthew 14. Um, but uh this thing has just been stirred up inside of me about the lordship, the lordship of Jesus. And how many have asked Jesus to be your Lord? Just yeah. If you haven't, right now is just a great time. Just like, yeah, Jesus be Lord. Yes, sir, I, I yield to you. Um and I, I was, I was I thinking a lot about today. Yeah, I had a lot of prayer and a lot of thought about today, specifically. And so you're in the room for a reason. And I just really pray that the Lord says what you need to hear today. And so, Father, we just ask that your anointing would come. It's your anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the foolishness that leads to repentance, but it's your anointing that breaks yokes. We need your anointing to come, God, and to break the yokes off of our life. And I want you to think about a yoke like it's a burden that i have chosen to pull around it's a yoke like they put a yoke on an oxen and they would lead the oxen the oxen would till up the field and and they would usually attach two oxen together one would be an extra strong the the the, the bull the boss right the strong and they would attach a weaker one to the stronger one because together they would be stronger than by themselves and so the Lord, when, he's, when Jesus says, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What he's saying is, yoke yourself to me. I'm the stronger ox here. I'm the one who can pull a stronger burden than you. But if you'll yoke yourself to me, my yoke will be easy and the burden will be light. But if you're on your own carrying yokes, you're going to struggle, and it's going to be difficult. So come to me. He says, if you're tired of religion, come to me. If you're tired of the weight uh, of life, the oppression of life, yoke yourself to me. And that's what the Lord's saying. That's what lordship looks like. It's bringing ourselves to him and yoking ourselves unto God, bringing ourselves under his lordship. And so... <clears throat> just thinking about what God's doing in the house and what God has been doing, I feel like there's a time of breakthrough here for us. I feel like there's a time of the supernatural and miracles and signs and wonders. And um, that means our faith has to rise up. How many know you have a measure of faith? Like he, the Bible says he gave every man, every woman, a measure of faith. Like no one was without. Every one of us has a measure of faith. And so when I was growing up, I always thought, like even if I ask this question like this, what is the opposite of faith? What, we, what would our answer be? Fear or doubt or unbelief, right? I, I grew up learning that the opposite of faith is fear or it's doubt or it's unbelief, but that's not actually completely accurate because the opposite of faith is disobedience. The opposite of faith is actually disobedience, because faith is in response to the authority and the lordship of Jesus. So when we respond to Jesus in faith, it's not because we have believed something. Now, this is crazy. I know we could really dig into this. It's not because we have believed the right answer. It's because we believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That's what faith looks like. Faith is even in the face of crazy opposition or in in the or, or in crazy impossibilities. It's believing that no Jesus is who He says He is, and I believe in His authority over my life. And if I yoke myself to Him, then He's going to come and take care of me. That's what faith is. So faith is actually an obedient response. And so I feel like the Lord wants to. I feel like we have an opportunity. Um, to increase our obedience unto the Lord. Like when he just says to do something, just do it. Like we're his sheep. We know his voice, right? We're not going to follow another voice because we're his sheep. And so if the Lord says to do something, we should just do it, whether I believe it intellectually or not. I believe he is who he says he is. How many have settled that issue? You believe God is who he says he is. So in the future, as the Lord begins to give instructions or um, you feel a moving of the Holy Spirit upon you to do something that you didn't think of before, like, like you didn't come up with this, I feel like it's going to be the language of the Holy Spirit and you're gonna just do what he says to do and you're going to see God break out and his presence is gonna come. I really believe that. And so God is stirring up our obedience unto the Lord. We've gotta get really, uh, we've gotta get better at how we respond to God. Amen. Amen. That was a good chance. Just practice responding to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Just turning our heart towards him. And so in Malachi chapter four, I want to I read this. And I, I've mentioned this before. And um, when I saw the, the teaching on this from a, a, a Messianic Jewish man, it, it wrecked me and I can't get away from it. And so it goes along with this today. So Malachi chapter four. So this is a prophetic word about Jesus. And it says, Behold, Malachi 4, verse 1 and 2. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all those who do wicked will stumble. They will be stubble, sorry. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. And then he says, That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, come on, say, those who fear him. him. Let's say again, those who fear him. Come on. It says, those who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and you shall grow fat like the stall fed calves. Amen. Come on. (laughs) The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. All right. You need to follow this. Okay. We're going to do a quick teaching and then hopefully drive this home and hopefully it'll touch your heart. Numbers 15 verse 38 and God is giving instructions and he says speak to the Israelites and say to them throughout the generations to come you are to make fringes it's a it's a Hebrew word tzitzit t z i t z i t and it means tassels so from now on he's giving them instructions you are to put tassels on your garments on the corners of them so basically it would be a, a garment that you put over over your head and it, it and each corner there to build tassels on there. And he tells them specifically, he's supposed to have a blue cord and on each fringe of the tassels and you will have these tassels to look at so that you will remember the commands of the Lord that you may obey them, because I am the Lord your God. So once you to get this picture. Jewish people grew up knowing that there was a garment that they were to wear that was to have tassels on each corner, specifically with blue in color, and it actually even had a specific number of knots tied in it to remind them of the laws of God. There was like 613 commands of God, and so these tassels were, were to represent the commands of God. And every Jewish person would know that when I see the tassel on the garment that I wear every single day, it would be like their underwear. It would be something like they don't forget. Come on, right? Every single day they would see those tassels and it would remind them to obey the Lord, to make sure that they do whatever he tells them to do, to obey all of his commands. And so they grew up knowing this, all right? How <sighs> I many know that Jesus wore these tassels? Like Jesus was Jewish, so he wore these tassels. Kyle actually pulled this video up from uh, some guys that were watching The Chosen when this, this happened. So go to Matthew 9 for me real quick. We're going to tie all this up. Matthew 9, verse 18. And you're going to know this story. It's one of the most common. It's the picture that's, that's uh, posted up here. Like It's the most common story you can, you can hear about healing. And it says, while Jesus was speaking these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him. So a ruler came and worshiped Jesus. And he says, my daughter has just died, but if you would just come and lay your hand on her, she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. And as he did so, so the disciples. And suddenly, y'all see the picture, the crowds are all around Jesus. And suddenly a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, how many years? 12 years. She came up from behind Jesus And she touched the hem of his garment. Do you know what the word there is? It's the same word that they use in the Old Testament Hebrew, the tzitzi, the tassels. She reached out and she touched the tassels of his garment. What did those tassels represent? The commands of God, the authority of God, the lordship of Jesus now. And so she knew, she determined before she got there, she tells it, you see it here. She says, if I can only touch the tassels, the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Come on. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. I love he called her daughter. How beautiful. Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was well from that hour. All right. You got to get the picture. Numbers 15 God institutes the tassels. You're to wear these because it's supposed to remind you of my commands and to obey me and the authority that I carry, that I am God alone. Then Malachi comes along and he prophesies of Jesus and the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. The word wings there is the same word for tassels. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his tassels, in his tzitzi in the, gar- the hem of his garment. The son of God will rise with healing in his wings. The woman with the issue of blood knew this. It wasn't just this, oh, I just, if I just touch him. She knew the law. She was a Jewish woman. She understood the tassels and she knew if I can just touch them, then I will be made well because she was tapping into a prophetic word about the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. How amazing is this? So, So her act of faith was not just, oh, Jesus has been healing people. Surely if I could just get in his presence, he'll heal me. Her faith was if I can just reach out and touch the promises of God, If I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment that was prophesied in Malachi, I will be made well. So she was acting not on a feeling. She was acting on her belief in the authority of Jesus Christ. Her reaching out and touching the hem of his garment was her saying, I believe you are who you say you are, that you are the son of righteousness and you rise with healing in your wings. And if I can just touch the wings, the hem of your garment, I will be made well. So faith for her was not a belief intellectually. It was a knowing that Jesus was the son of God. And she responded to it. And it was so amazing that in Matthew 14, just a few chapters later, what does it say there? Matthew 14, verse 35 through 36 Then the men of the region recognized Jesus. What did they do? They recognized Jesus. They knew who he was. And they sent out to all the country nearby and brought to him everyone who was sick. So what did they do? We're bringing everyone to Jesus because we know who he is now. He is who he says he is. And we're bringing all the sick to him. And it says they begged him that they may may what? Touched the hem of his garment. Uh Uh-oh, the woman's act of faith, connecting to a prophetic word from Malachi that the son of God will rise with healing in his wings, stirred up the men of the countryside and they begin to bring everyone who was sick and all they wanted to do was to just touch the tassels of his garment because the son of God would rise with healing in his wings. And guess what happened? And everyone who touched him, everyone who touched the hem of his garment was made well. Do you see what's happening here? All right. Hopefully, you're getting the importance of this. This woman, for 12 years, did everything she could. I just want you to think about this. She suffered in silence, alone. She used all of her resources. She did everything that she could in her power to get better, but nothing worked. Have you ever been there before? Man, I've tried everything. I've read every self-help book to stop anger, but I'm still an angry person. I've done every, I, I can't stop this thing. I can't be, I can't shave this rough edge off of my personality. I've done all I can, and I'm still struggling with this thing. For 12 years, she spent all of her power trying to get better. And Jesus wasn't on the scene in his authority yet healing people. So while you got to get the timeline. She's struggling with an issue of blood and it overlaps when Jesus finally comes onto the scene. It's just amazing to me. Sorry, it wrecks me. Like he knows, he knows where you are. He has a timeline for your life. There is a moment you're going to intersect with the Messiah and you're never going to be the same again. Like, I feel like a lot of people to this point have been struggling in your own power to get well, to get better, to be made whole. And, and Jesus is, is coming. And all you need to do is touch the hem of his garment and recognize his authority, that he is the Lord, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or even think. Come on. And so she recognized Jesus's authority and she decided if I could touch him, I'll be better. I've done all the other things I know to do in my own power, but if I can go to him, he has the authority. She knew that his tassels, that there was healing in him. She knew it. So, what's the point? When I want, I want I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to convict us because I feel convicted. <clears throat> I don't know if we fully get the opportunity that's here in front of us. I don't know if we know quite what time it is yet. I, I think if we, if we took a poll, we could probably take a quick poll of the, of the audience and be like, do you believe Jesus heals? And we would probably all say yes. How yeah, I many Jesus heals, right? I've seen it. Don't tell me he can't do it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been healed. Haven't you been healed before? Like, we believe these things. But what's more important is that we believe in the authority of Jesus. Like, even if I have never seen a person healed, if God says that Jesus is the healer and that by his stripes we are healed, I have no right to disagree with God. I have no right to say, well, I don't have faith for that. See, we do this. Some of us have our, our pet things that we believe God about. Then we've got these other things that we're not quite so sure about. Like some people, you're blessed financially and you've got faith with finances and you're just amazing in finances. We we're hearing testimonies before church of, of someone in the church that just has great faith in their finances. And, but what happens if I don't have great faith for healing? But, but Jesus has all authority, yeah. not just financial authority. He has healing authority. But well, I, maybe I believe God can heal and I believe he can touch people's finances. But I, when, when someone's on the verge of divorce and one person decides that it's over, God can't do anything about that. I just don't believe God about that. I don't think he can restore relationships that are broken. I don't believe God can bring healing between a son and a father who was horrible to the son. I don't believe a daughter can forgive a, 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 a father who abused her, whatever. Feel, I don't believe that, but I believe in these things. What we're doing is we're saying, yeah, you're really not Lord. And we limit the holy one because it's not our pet thing that we have an experience attached to. Like, I love the testimony and the testimony should stir up our faith. Like our experience of seeing healing should increase my opportunities in going after healing. But it shouldn't decrease my my opportunities for praying for relationships to be restored because I've never seen that before. Or what if I've seen a lot of healings, but I've never seen someone healed of cancer? And I'm like, hey, come to this prayer line over here, and we'll pray for headaches, and we'll pray for sore stomachs, and we'll pray for healing in your ears, but if you have cancer, you have to go to someone else. I've never seen that healed before. No, it has nothing to do with me or my experience. It has everything to do with there's healing in his wings. And all I have to figure out how to do is reach out and grab hold of him. And that requires an obedient response, not a feeling of, oh, I'm confident. No, that's not it. It's an obedient response. Do you know what it took that woman? What it took for her to get out of the house, to press through the crowd, to crawl, weak as she was. She didn't do that because she had a good feeling. She did it because she was convinced that he was the Messiah. There was a greater conviction over her than the feelings that she's had or the experiences that she had. There was a greater understanding and revelation that she came into. And it's a, he is him. <laughs> you hear that a lot in the sports world right now. He is him. He is the Messiah. He is the one that they've been talking about. He has the ability to change any situation. And for you and I to come before God with this with this menu, And like, we come before God and we've got his menu and the Lord's like, what would you like today? And you're like, well, I've had the sushi before and it was really good. I think I'll have some sushi. He's like, well, we have this really great special for T-bone steak or you know, a tomahawk steak and whatever else. So you really like, that's, that's like, well, I've never had that before. I don't really think that I, 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 I'm comfortable with what I've had before. That's what we do to God. That's what we're doing to Jesus and he's looking at us going, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. Which is easier to heal? A headache or cancer? There's no degree of difficulty on healing. I, it, I know, it messes my brain up when I think about it. Surely healing a headache has got to be easier than healing a body of cancer. But that belief system in me has to die. It has to. Because what I'm actually saying is that you're really not Lord. That's really what I'm saying. And that should convict us. It, it should bring us to tears. It should make us feel like, man, I, I need to know him better. It should stir me up to say, man, I've got some growing up to do. It should move me to discomfort. Discomfort. This is the point I, I want to end on. She was moved past discomfort. She was beyond discomfort. Yeah. How many of you have ever um, felt the weakness from loss of blood? Anyone, I, I have. It, it, it doesn't matter. You can try all you want. And there's nothing that can happen until your body replenishes the blood supply and the energy. And I'm not a doctor, but I know that that's what happens. Your body replenishes itself. It's amazing. But when you have a loss of blood, there's a weakness that comes over you that you have, you're powerless to. And this woman had been bleeding for 12 years. The fact that she got up was was supernatural alone. And she moved past discomfort. And she was unclean as well. That's right. She broke the law. Like back then, if you were bleeding, you had to tell everyone you were unclean so they would stay away from you. She's like, I don't care, man. He's the son of righteousness and he's got healing in his wings. And not only that, she was a woman. She was a woman. Who's this woman pressing through? This is man stuff we're doing. This is men's business. We're the disciples. We're around Jesus. We're his crew. We're his bodyguards. What is she doing? Why did she touch him? Because she knew who he was. She got a revelation of who he was way before anyone else did. And he called her daughter. I love it. (laughs) Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not an intellectual belief. Faith is not good theology. Faith is I recognize the authority of Jesus and I'm going to act upon his authority regardless of what I think, believe, feel, or have experienced in my life. Because either he is who he says he is or he's the biggest fraud ever. And I don't think he's a fraud. It felt horrible even just saying that. (laughs) Like he's not, he's exactly who he says he is. And God is calling us to begin to exercise our faith, which means we need to figure out what he says he will do and what he's willing to do and what he can do. And then we need to say, God, I'm asking you for that because I believe you. Oh, but you've never seen that before. It doesn't matter what I've seen before. It says it's nothing to do with me. It's all about him and his authority. And I know he has the authority. And that means that we've got to kill some other lords in our life. And the biggest one is ourself. Yeah. Come on. Oh, God. I'm going to read this to you and we're going to close. So there was this, uh, I don't even know a whole lot about this guy, but he, re- he was like from the 1600s. His name is France, Francois Fenelon. And I heard this in, a, in another book quoted. And this is, this is kind of where we're going to end today. And he says, death to self is painful. Amen. Death to self is painful because it touches that part of us that is the most alive. Yeah. See, if we were dead already, it wouldn't hurt when God took the scalpel to us. Our own hands would never put the knife in the right place. We would cut away only a little fat and bring about some superficial changes. And even if we knew where the spot was located, self love would hold back the knife and spare itself. But the hand of God strikes in unexpected places. And it finds the very place where the infection is fastened. And it does not hesitate to cut it away, regardless of the pain. And oh, how self love cries out. We'll let it cry. But do not let it interfere with the success of the operation. Now, I don't know about you, but I I feel personally in my walk with the Lord, I got a lot of dying to do still. Because I am still Lord in too many areas or I have too many opinions or too many thoughts. And I'm making God small when I'm supposed to exalt him and make him big. My life is, to, is supposed to make God big. I'm supposed to magnify his name. We used to sing that, big magnified, oh Lord. You are highly exalted. Come on. That's what our life is supposed to do. We are not supposed to shrink him. So would you stand with me? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> We're just going to close old-fashioned style, all right? Yeah. I'm not even going to call you to the front. If you feel like this is for you, you got some places where you know Jesus is not magnified as Lord. You want to take care of that today? You want to make him Lord? You want to have that understanding that the woman with the issue of blood had, that he is who he says he is? And he's the son of righteousness. And there's healing in his wings. And there's provision in his wings. And there's breakthrough from addiction in his wings. Come on. If that's that's what you want today, would you just kneel where you are at your seat? Just turn around. Make that an altar. We're bowing. And when you bow, when you think about it, I'm bowing to King Jesus. I'm not going to say anything else from the mic. I've got business to take care of of my own. Just bless you. If you want prayer at the end here in a moment, we'll meet you here at the front. We'd love to pray for you. We believe Jesus can do anything today. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible to them that believe we believe Jesus is who he says he is. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to go, go pray on my own. Jesus, we ask that you would come and bring a revelation of who you are. We lay aside every idol. We place you, Jesus, as Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will come and cut away. You know where to cut. We trust you. So we just say, Jesus, have your way in the rest of this time.